This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Monday the 29th of November 2021 and this is not Chronicast, it's actually the Omicronicast. Omicronic, indeed. It's the newest variant variant of concern announced by the World Health Organisation over the weekend and because of this, I don't think the World Health Organisation are the only people who are concerned about it. A lot of people are all around the world are, including here in Australia, so perhaps this is the first time you've listened to Coronacast. If so, welcome. Perhaps this isn't the first time you've listened to Coronacast. If so, tell your friends because what we're going to do today is just step through this new variant of concern and just basically end on how concerned we really need to be at this early stage. So, Norman, let's start with the gritty origin story of the new variant Omicron. Okay, let's go Omicronology. (laughs) Sorry, dad jokes. Uh, It's not really something to joke about, I know. The current interest in this started around about the 11th of November with three samples coming from Botswana, which showed this uh, this mutated this mutated variant. A week or so later, some a, t- a sample turned up in Hong Kong, which came from Egypt. Then last week, so the week just gone by, uh, this in South Africa, they started to notice a surge of infection. So they had a bad Delta surge August September. It died away to very few cases, and then they started to see a, a, a surge, particularly in Gauteng province which has Johannesburg and Pretoria. And when they looked at the samples, now it's not a lot of samples when they started, you know, maybe a hundred samples or something like that when they started to get anxious about this, they could see a lot of mutations and something very different. And that's when the uh, Network for Genomic Surveillance really alerted the South African government and others overseas that they had a problem on their hands, which was, was a virus with multiple mutations, some of which were very similar to the alpha variant, which came out of the UK, uh, which started people thinking that maybe this came from an immunocompromised person. Because that's what happened with alpha, is that it was able to mutate because of a prolonged infection of someone with someone who was immunocompromised. Yeah. So if this if this emerged, say in Botswana or Southern Africa, we're still not sure where it came from. You might have had somebody who's got poorly treated HIV. Virus multiplies furiously because there's not an effective antibody response, and the antibodies that are produced essentially are so weak that the virus is allowed to mutate around them. And that's where the vac- the idea of vaccine resistance comes from, because it's not. The virus isn't reacting to somebody who's vaccinated. It's reacting to the antibodies. And sadly, the antibodies that are produced against the virus are the same antibodies that the vaccine produces. But this is just a theory at this stage. That's right. So, But if you just go to the end of the thought, is that the by proxy, the virus uh, becomes resistant in theory to the vaccine, although that is far from proven. And then when the international genomics community started looking at this, they are now, and, and remember, this is going to change day by day, and we'll cover it day by day. But as of over the weekend, they started to think that the virus probably appeared in late September. So it's been around for two months. So then you have to say, is it as contagious as people say? Because if it's been around for two months, then why hasn't it taken over sooner than this? Why haven't we noticed it? Although it could be appearing around the world and just there hasn't been that many super spreading events. So you just got to be very careful at this point. So the, gen- the genetic changes do not necessarily mean it's going to behave in the way the genes say it will. So it could be 
that this is not as contagious as people thought, or it could be. We just don't know yet. Um, but there is at least one sign that it might not be as bad as people think. So can we talk a bit about what the mutations are? Because it's got more than 30 changes to the spike protein, which is the target for all of our vaccines. Uh, and some of the changes have been found, like you say, in um, variants like Delta and Alpha, which we know are really transmissible. So what what is it that they're seeing in the genome that's making them feel worried? So a lot of the key mutations are around the spike protein. And the spike is what attaches to the cells in our body by something called the ACE2 receptor. And some of it we've seen in other variants make the virus more sticky, more likely to get into the body. We don't know that for sure yet, but that's the sort of mutations that they're seeing. They're also seeing mutations that make it antibody resistant. One of the good news stories here, by the way, about this variant is that a whole section of the gene is missing. It's the S gene that's not being picked up. And in fact, the PCR test, certain versions of the PCR test can detect that without having to go to genomics. So you can actually start to detect this early on without waiting on the genomics. Then the genomics will give you a much finer grain idea of where it's coming from. The key here is that you can't tell from just the genes how this virus is going to behave. You've got to actually see it in two dimensions or three. The two main dimensions are one is in the lab growing this virus, which they're starting to do over the weekend, and then exposing the virus to sera, the serum of people who've recovered from COVID-19, where the serum has got antibodies in it. And does the, do those antibodies neutralize the virus or not, or to what extent? This is not an on-off thing, it's a degree. To what degree is the virus controlled by the existing antibody response out there? Then the second thing is how it behaves in populations. Are you seeing large reinfection rates, particularly in the vaccinated? Are you seeing, and this is critical to how anxious we should be about it, more serious disease? So if it breaks through the vaccination in some people, do they get terribly sick or not? So again, over the weekend, the reports from South Africa seem to be that this is a mild disease. It's not more virulent. But it's far too early to actually say that. There are so many unknowns here. So I think the big question a lot of people in Australia are going to have, because we have been patting ourselves on the back about our high vaccination coverage here, is how effective are our existing vaccines going to be against it? Or is it just too early to say? It's, it's too early to say. But I'd refer people back to um, the Eddie Holmes interview we did a few weeks ago where we asked them specifically the question was, are we likely to see a new pandemic coronavirus emerging from this existing coronavirus? And his feeling was not, although he did say he wasn't keen on predicting anything with this virus. But the reason why the international community is worried is because there are so many mutations. Has this virus made a leap, an evolutionary leap, to something that starts to look a bit more like a new pandemic virus? Or is it just a version of the old virus, which means that you might get breakthrough infections, but in fact not serious disease because either the vaccine or previous infection gives us some immunity? And we don't know that yet. But it's likely this is not a pandemic virus, that it's something that we will actually be able to resist. But, that's, but people are just taking a lot of precautions here. And the other thing that needs to be said here is that this is emerging in southern Africa where 
Botswana has 19% of the total population vaccinated. It's 150th in the League of Nations. Zimbabwe, 18.4%. South Africa is 139th at 24% of the total population. So this is not first dose. This is the total population, 24%. It's very, very small. Very high hesitancy in South Africa. Um, they're not able to shift the vaccines that they've got. It's a really complex situation where you've got high potential transmission of the virus and therefore high likelihood of mutation. So we're paying the price here that we predicted many times in CoronaCast of a new variant emerging from a low to middle income country. And what's more, with vaccination, it's not just all or nothing. There's all sorts of antibodies that you're body produces when you become immune to something and even though it might not give you complete protection against variant of the virus there still is more than zero protection even from a vaccine that was based on an earlier version of the virus right yeah that's right the scientists called this a polyclonal response so that you're actually getting multiple clones of antibodies being produced against the virus their dice is not rolled on just one part of the spike protein So what are the implications for Australia then? We've just started reopening. So it's really hard to say what's going to happen in Australia. We've already got our first two cases, which goes along with the fact that this is probably worldwide by now. So this was reported yesterday. There may well be more today by the time you're listening to CoronaCast. Two people who arrived from Southern Africa on Saturday. So they're pretty well, at least as of yesterday. And uh, they're isolating the close contacts on the plane. This becomes very difficult. The Southern Ar- South Africans are very angry that the borders have been shut to South Africa when they did the right thing about telling the world about the virus. And there's a paradox here because the virus has almost certainly spread around the world already. So just shutting the borders to people from Southern African countries may not cut it, which is why you're starting to hear um, our politicians saying, well, we might um, extend that to other arrivals. And in fact, New South Wales and Victoria already have with a 72-hour hold there. It's just a really difficult question, but we're highly vaccinated. And at some point, we will test whether or not that vaccine coverage is going to protect us against this version of the virus. And it's quite likely it will. So we'll we'll have to hold our nerve with high case numbers, but low impact in terms of hospitalization and sickness. That won't settle the mind of parents of young children who can't be vaccinated. But if everybody else gets booster shots when they're due um, so that you've got maximum coverage. And what I wonder is whether or not we should think about boosters being moved forward a bit, maybe to four months, so that we've got the maximum immune response that we can possibly get, which will give us the best defence against new variants. This won't be the last new variant. When you were talking about the Omicronology before, I was struck by how recent all those dates were, Norman, like 11th of, of November and that sort of thing. It's such a fresh situation that we found ourselves in and it probably is far too early for a lot of these questions to have satisfying answers. When will we, though? The answer is we don't know. So th- this is going to come out in dribs and drabs. So they'll test the virus against con- con- what they call convalescent serum, against antibodies from people who have recovered. That will give you some idea about vaccine resistance. You'll start to get information out of South Africa of people who've been infected, who've been vaccinated. And remembering that South Africa is a very young country, so it doesn't necessarily tell you about the elderly. You will see some spread internationally, but that will be slow unless there are super spreading events. This could take some weeks to become clearer. 
What are the chances that it's all a storm in a teacup? I'm not going to take your bet on that one, Tegan. Um, it's possible that this is not as bad as it looks at this point for a country like Australia with high immunisation rates. I think that if you're in a country in Europe where you're currently going through a Delta wave because of inadequate vaccination, I'd be very worried in Austria, Belgium, uh, and some of the other countries in Europe where they're very vulnerable at the moment because of low vaccination rates. I'd be pretty confident that we might see a surge, but not, but not one that ends up in people with people in hospital. But we've really got to get moving with the booster campaign, I think, so that we've got as much immunity on board as possible. Well, of course, as always, our audience has their finger on the pulse. And John has already asked us a question about Omicron, asking, what if Norman Swan writes John, the Omicron variant is the sort epidemiologists expected to see earlier in the pandemic, highly transmissible, but less virulent. Wouldn't that be a good scenario? That would be a great scenario. And there is a history of this. We spoke a lot, a lot about this last year on Coronacast before we came Omicronacast. The answer here is that there was, through history, there has been a pattern of as viruses and infections pass through populations, they lose a bit of their oomph. But there are plenty of examples of viruses and bacteria, that, particularly pandemic viruses and bacteria that pass through populations that have not lost their oomph. So there's no guarantee. There's nothing sort of inherently strongly deterministic about that happening. It may happen or it may not happen. Let's hope it has happened with this one. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's Coronacast, Omicronacast. Sorry, Norman. And of course, please, if you want to know what to make of this new variant, what to think about vaccines, what it's going to mean for Australia, these are the issues we're going to be covering every day. So if you're not subscribed, smash that button now, tell your friends about it. And of course, if you want to ask a question, you can do that too, just by going to abc.net.au slash coronacast. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. See you then.